morning. Welcome in on this July 27th. That's right. You heard it. July 27th. That means man up is tonight here at Bethel Fellowship. It's going to be a great night of just fun and fellowship and a great testimony from Brother Todd Mingus. I'm going to be back towards the lake. So I'm going to give some more details about that a little bit later um, to let everybody know how we're doing this for anybody interested in coming. We encourage all the men to come out. Start at 6 o'clock tonight. And tonight we encourage you strongly to load up your sons and bring them on out well to as well tonight. Bring your fishing poles, bring some cornhole bowls, um, bowls, <laughs> cornhole uh, hole boards. There we go. Um, and your lawn chairs. It's just going to be a great night of fellowship, hanging out, chilling out with each other. Um, and then Brother Todd Mingus is going to bring a testimony tonight. So that's going to be great. Um, we'll have maybe a song or two play and worship sing together. Maybe have Greg Carwell just lead us in a couple of songs. Oh, uh, we want people to stay. <laughs> well, um, I'm excited for tonight. It's gonna be, it's gonna look a little different than a regular man up, but I think it's gonna be a great night. And um, there is some pretty good sized bass out there. So um, you know, we'll see how that happens. Well, you um, we'll see who catches the biggest one. There you go. I'll we'll have a winner. I don't know what they're winning, but they'll win an extra hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> And so, but God's really good. Really excited about that tonight. Uh, again, a little bit later when I um, we get a lot more tuned in around seven thirty or so. So after that break, I will just tell you how we're going to do it about getting back there and give everybody information. And of course, I'll try to have that prepared tonight the best possible. But I'm really excited for tonight. We have uh, we have a lot of announcements really been going on, um, but God's so good, and we're going to try to um, get to those here in a second. But brother Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, Brother Aaron. Doing just fine, Brother Aaron. Um, I'm thinking if um, I'm going to text and confirm here in a second, but I think Brother Philip Trent's going to call in around 8.30 today and be with us. I'm really excited about that and be on. Um, I like Philip Trent. I like uh, listening to him. I ain't never met him. Yeah. Um, I've had, well, I've had the opportunity to spend um, time with him during Sherathons and stuff like that, and I always enjoy the times. Um, <clears throat> then, of course, August the 4th, Greater Vision Live in Litchfield on East Main Street. It's going to be starting at 6 o'clock p.m. First Baptist Church worship leader, Brother Dennis Cook, will be opening up. And then with as long, uh, I'm sorry, as well as Grayson County High School Men's Choir is going to be there as well, opening up for Greater Vision. So that's going to be an awesome night for anybody who wants to come out. Free event. Don't have to worry about paying. Um, just come out and enjoy some good singing. And then we have... Our VBS is beginning next Wednesday. I'm sorry, not Wednesday. I do that every time. Next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And so it'll be Thursday and Friday night at 6 o'clock, and then Saturday at 10 o'clock. Could not be more excited about that. Um, very, very much anticipating kids' lives being changed. How did Gerald's VBS finish? Oh, it went great. Uh, they, uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly the, the number or whatever but i just you know at the commencement night the altar was full and i'm thinking don't hold me to it i think like nine were give their uh heart to the lord that amen night. so uh it, it was uh profitable and uh for the kingdom and i believe uh, a lot of uh a lot of lives were touched and uh it was it was it was a good night i i only i went uh the the night of commencement's the only night that i went and uh it was 
it was good. And, Amen. you know, it, it was, I missed out on the, I was working on my truck one day and this whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever excuses it is, what it didn't matter. But I, I went, uh, I went there the night of commencement and I'm so glad that I did. They, uh, it, uh, it was, it was really good. It, it was really good. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. That's, uh, the reason churches go through all the decorating and all the fun is to really, it's the nets we drop. It's and, the nets we cast. And even this, the following Saturday, I didn't go either. I didn't even go right on the water slides either. Oh, so, my goodness. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting I'm not old. missing that day. I'm telling you, I usually, you know, but I I don't even remember what I was doing. I was just, uh, I think I was working on my truck. I don't know. I was doing something, whatever. You missed the water slides. <laughs> I did. I mean, but I got the most important part. That's the main That's thing. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but we welcome all kids out of all ages to come on out and participate in what God's going to do here. Again, that's August 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And um, we're very, very, very much excited about that. And then we have Brother Lance Johnson is going to be in the house on August the 6th here at Bethel Fellowship. He's going to be ministering that morning here. Um, beginning at ten fifteen, and we're expecting a great move of God. Now, I always say this: we um, we have the Harvest Crusade as well in September tenth and eleventh, twelfth. We're not waiting for God to move till September. He's moving now, and I know He's moving now. Lives are being changed. Lives are being impacted. Testimonies after testimonies. Even Sunday morning, we still have testimonies coming in of all that God done here and other churches. And it's not just Bethel. It's not just here. It's not just there. It's everywhere. God is moving. His spirit is being poured out on all sons and daughters. And um, I could not be more excited and expectant of what God is doing in the earth as I am right now. I know God's going to pour out his spirit even in a greater measure. He is and he's going to. Amen. But that is August the 6th. Brother Lance Johnson will be here in the morning with us and then down at Matcher Pentecostal that evening at 6. And so make, make plans then and then go ahead September 10th, 11th, 12th crusade now here at Bethel Fellowship three night. It's going to be awesome, packed full of the presence of God, but souls and more souls is what we're hungry for. And then BCA school year starting right in the corner, uh, August the 11th. If anybody is interested in in getting your kids into a Christ Center education, um, I got word yesterday, Miss Tara told me that I think she has one or two seats open. So if you're interested, I think the high school is full. Um, right now, but you are more than welcome to call and get more information and get on the waiting list. Um, sometimes you have transferring around or moving around and a spot to open up. So if you're interested, now's the time to get on that waiting list and we will try to get you in as soon as possible. Um, but you can call the school at 270-257-8330. And then the final announcement for this morning, um, two, actually two more, sorry. We got a lot. I like this stuff. We used to not have any and now we're having a lot. I like that. Uh, Coffee with Jesus September 9th, 2023. It's the Saturday right before the Harvest Crusade now. Um, it's going to be an awesome night. Of course, closer to time, we'll have more details concerning that. Just get that on your calendar now. And then there is this really cool thing. Miss Gail called me last night, and we will have more information, but this is what we have right now. It's the... Um, it's retreat ministry for inmates in jail. So it's kind of like an um, Emmaus Row. A lot of people's heard of the Emmaus Row. Well, REC organizational meeting at Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Litchfield, Kentucky, Sunday, July 30th, 2 o'clock. Um, they're going to help organize volunteers needed for getting activities ready and help with the retreat. For more information, you can contact Gail Basham at 270-230-3921. Again, if you're interested in helping any whatsoever with a three-day retreat, uh, Miss Gail had told me um, 
that it's it's kind of like the Emmaus Road before in the prison. And not everybody can go into the prison, but they are needs for crafts and other things that will be involved in that. So um, that sounds like an excellent thing. Again, for more information, you can contact Gail Basham at 270-230-3921. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made, and this is a day that we will rejoice and be glad in it. Um Brother Greg, you had talked about this a little while ago, and I actually read a little bit of news yesterday. I don't do that too much. Well, this morning. This morning I was I was looking around a couple of things, just kind of piddling, and um, it had said the looming crisis or the looming spiritual crisis with AI technology. And then also um, there was a general who said that the military, the Air Force right now, If I, I'm going to make sure I try to get this right because I'm going off memory does not currently have AI weaponry, but when it does, they will program it with a Judeo-Christian value system. So when did I bring this up? I was talking about one morning said, I would like to talk about this the next time I'm on, and we never talked about AI. I don't remember. Well, I'm hearing more and more about it. Yeah, and well, We've uh, talked about it a couple times on the morning. Yeah, and... Again, this is just another version of man trying to do it man's way. And again, that's that's opposite of God. And mm-hmm. that's the Antichrist. So Yeah. Yeah. It's it's looming though. And I like yeah. the word they said looming because it's become more prevalent. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there's still more and more I'm here. I'm on this um I'm on this pastor of small churches webpage because I really I actually kinda like what they're um, you know, they talk about and stuff like that and they say kind of like just a group of pastors yeah and it's a private page so um and you have to be a pastor to be on there i think i'm not for sure but i'm on there and even on there you're hearing about how men are they're talking about how they're using ai to help build sermons or build teachings or anything like that and how they're doing this and i just i don't know i just see i see uh danger for myself like i'm not I'm not one usually critical of technology. Like I think technology can be used to the glory of God, and I think He's given us technology um, to help spread the gospel. And I think through technology, all the earth will hear. Um, and it's it's technology is not inherently bad. It's how we use it that makes it bad. Can is it I, for the glory of God or not? Can I read some scriptures about this? Uh huh. All right, I'm in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter three, and let me find it here. Let's see. And I said, this is chapter 3, verse 18. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. Mm-hmm. All right, so you, and if you go on to read in there, it talks about how, uh, you know, men without God are the same as beasts. You mm-hmm. know, he basically just called them that. Well, then if you read in, uh, I think it's Romans chapter 1, Verse twenty four. Let me let me get there real quick. Do well, not worship the creation. Yeah, creation. That's, that's yeah, yeah. The creation. Yeah. So let me just read that because it'll tie it all in together. It, excuse me. It'll tie it all in together that what we're talking with is AI thing here. Uh, as soon as I can find Romans, it's in the Bible, right? Yeah, there it is. I, I think it's it. in the New Testament. Yeah, found it. All right. So, <laughs> so Romans twenty four or uh, chapter one, verse twenty four. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness Mm -hmm. through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, 
who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator Mm -hmm. who is blessed forever. Amen. Mm -hmm. So that right there, when we start talking about AI, AI writing their sermons or AI doing the thing, this is man's creation, worshiping the creation. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, just, to me, I see all this is God's plan unfolding. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got all this, he's laid it out here for us. You know, uh, he's 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 give us all the signs to to be looking for, and this is just another one. I'm just sitting back, checking them off. Said, yeah. okay, we're getting closer, Lord. <laughs> I just feel like, um, you know, it's whenever you're using AI to build sermons or teaching, I get it. There's certain things that I understand could escalate the process, so or you know, advance the process along a little bit, and say, well, I need. Um, Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Well, they can get yeah. it done. And it's not necessarily what the AI is doing is probably wrong. I feel like there's a couple of things, though. Um, AI don't know how to interpret truth. You can only interpret data. Yeah. And it works off of that. So I think that is it, – it has no um, – if, if, if you say something's true and I say something's true, AI will have to interpret that data. Okay. Well, let's just do it this way biblically. It is not born of water, therefore it cannot be born of spirit. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not of God. Yeah. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like as well, like um, when you're teaching, or whenever you're going to be preaching or leading in any capacity, Sunday school doesn't matter. When you're going to be teaching the Bible, you need to get into the text yourself. You need to struggle with yep. the text. You need to know the text. You got to eat of the text. You got to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the mysteries of the text. You got to you got to deal with the text in a deeper manner. And I feel like we're always trying to cheat that system a little bit. Well, first you got to be you got to have the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So you got to be born again. Well, of course, in order sure. to see, you know, step one. What must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? You must be born again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, until that happens, then your spirit comes alive in you. Then, whenever you read these words, these words become alive mm-hmm. in you. And then they start changing you yeah. from the inside out. So. But as long as they're just words, and, um, and you know, I can tell, like, I, I'll just be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to be very honest for a second. I can tell when I hear somebody preach or teach and they've dealt with the text, they've studied the text, they yeah. relied on the Holy Spirit to reveal the text, and then when somebody's just preaching a sermon they heard on the Internet or they've kind of just copied from somebody. Yeah. And you can tell a difference. One I'm of, sure everybody can. One of my old preachers, he'd, he'd say, I didn't just pull this out of file 18, <laughs> you know. And Merle Meredith is his name, and I always love listening to him preach. He, he does a good yeah, job. And, and uh, But he'd say, this didn't just come out of a file 18 he would mm-hmm. say <laughs> yeah but uh, you know for a lot of times that happens yeah. oh yeah yeah now i may have like i have sermons well, i don't do a lot of notes but if i do do notes or anything like that or every once in a while I'll, i will do um depending on what i'm teaching if it's necessary to do a powerpoint or something like that behind me i will and i have those on file but i can probably tell you this honestly i don't know if i've ever preached the same sermon twice yeah um i have one time I will say this. I have one time because somebody asked me to come somewhere and say, can you preach that sermon you preached here? Um, but, and I did that because I was asked to, you know. Yeah. But you're always going to have a slant to, it's going to change. It's going to evolve a little bit um, because the Spirit of God is moving. And I I don't know. I just, I really, 
I don't know if I can overstress the importance of AI is in our life. It's going to be in our life. It's all around us. Um, oh yeah. I if mean, you got a cell phone, you got AI. Yeah, to the extent. because like even whenever I do my studies, I'll I'll just like I'll Google like I'll say a verse. I'll mm-hmm. Google verse that verse and say Bible, and then it'll tell me where it's at, and then I just go and turn there. You know. Sure. So I mean, I use it. Uh, you know, without calling on AI or what you know what yeah. I'm saying I'm just uh, I just hey Google um, uh, where's this at you know so I'm not saying we just eliminate it and it's sinful to use AI whatsoever no. I just think when it's pertaining to spiritual matters especially when we're building sermons or trying to study or yep. stuff like that I think we have to use extreme caution and I think it could be beneficial in some minute areas of just like um, everyday life like I talk to Siri Siri set a alarm or something like that yep. or um, and I think that there's a certain level of AI that's always evolving. It's always learning. So um, a lot of these cell phones and snap stuff now, they can learn you and they learn what you're talking about and they can give you suggestions and stuff. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of it, but I'm not going to like throw a fit about that kind of stuff. What I'm wanting to say we got to be cautious of is how much we implement AI into the church and the spiritual things of the church. And I don't want AI teaching me the Bible on Sunday morning. I want the person that God has called and God has equipped and God has anointed with his spirit to, to teach the word and to guide us. And, and, um, and so I just, I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm still seeing a lot of things well, pertaining to it. I mean, just the name, artificial. Mm-hmm. That right there, artificial, that is Satan. He's artificial. Yeah. He's the fake. He's not real. Uh, I, I mean take that back he's real <laughs> no that, that but the things he tells you is not true you know it's fake it's it's twisted and uh, the artificial intelligence if you're looking to them for a counsel of god you've just put that in front of god which that is the antichrist anything instead of christ is antichrist and if you're looking for ai for your sermons <laughs> You just, you know. Sure. I mean, that's, I don't yeah. have to say no more. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, all right. We're in John 15. How about that? We're moving right along here. Um, before long, we'll be done with John and um, started talking to some the other day about what we're going to do next, what book we'll go through next. Um, and so we'll just print it into that and seeing where we can cover next on that. Um, but John 15. Um, the Bible says in verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth much fruit. So Jesus again, telling them, remember, we, we covered this yesterday, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Well, 13 through 16 is dealing with the last supper, the foot washing, and then what Jesus starts to tell his disciples right before it. And at this moment, while he's saying all this stuff, remember, Judas has already left. Judas is on his way to the Pharisees and the Sadducees to get his 30 pieces of silver. He's going to betray Jesus. Jesus just told him, whatever you do, do quickly. Got to do it. Go, go do it quickly. And while Judas is gone to betray him, he's actually looking at the rest of his disciples. And he's saying all of this. And he's within hours of being arrested. He's within hours of going to the garden. He's within hours of um, going to the trial. <clears throat> and all this going on. And this is his last hurrah right now with his disciples. Well, we know 
retrospect, that's not his because he comes back for 40 days with them after his resurrection. But he's trying to prepare them. And he's trying to remind them, you know, I'm, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to come back. Don't don't worry. And then when I do go away, I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the spirit. And the spirit will bring remembrance all things that I told you, and he will teach you all things. So he's he's trying to assure them and to give them comfort. Um, these comforts and assurance kind of leave quickly for several of them. Um, here just about a half a day away from here. Um, especially Peter, who's a little bit shorter on his. Um, he loses, he drops the ball pretty quickly. Uh, and so, because when Jesus tells them that you will betray me three times before the cock crows, this De- is... Deny. I, deny. Yeah. Deny, deny him, sorry. Yeah. And uh, that's happening, like within hours of here. Um, you know, Peter's going from soaking all this up. Peter's going from, um, Lord, if you're going to wash my feet and you got to do that, wash my head, wash my body, wash it all. And then within hours, he's with he's in front of this 14, 15, 16-year-old girl at the campfire who's saying, aren't you one of those? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not. I don't know him. Um, and he is and how, how often is that not us? You know, how often are we on the mountain one day because, you know, everything is hunky-dory, doing, you know, going right, and then... The next day, something happens, and we're all down in the dumps. Where are you, Lord? Mm-hmm. I can't hear you. You know. Uh, yeah. And this is just uh, again. This is just for our edification or our uh, what's it called? Our learning. Up. Our yeah. building up. Our edification. Yeah. Or yeah. So we uh, we learn from this. You know, if you find yourself in that state, look what Peter did. You know, you're not you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing has overtaken you such as common to man. So it's not just you. You know, don't feel isolated like you just can't get it right. None of us can. And we're about to learn this in in, uh, in this chapter here about the true vine. Yep. And uh, this is one of, I was telling, you know, I was telling Aaron in the, before, the, this is one of my favorite chapters. This is where it talks about uh, the true vine. And we'll get there. Yep, we'll and abiding. There. So yeah. here's what Jesus starts us out. Because remember, he come just right off of 14, and he's talking in 14 where he left off. This this conversation is a continuation. 14 to 15 had no pause. It was just Jesus yeah. teaching to his people. Yeah. And he says, arise, let us go hence. I am the true vine. So when he says arise and go hence at the end of chapter 14, they're really not left anywhere. Yeah, He's, he's like, maybe they get up in the room, but he's still teaching. Like he's yeah. still te- he never stops this teaching moment, and actually he doesn't stop teaching till the end of sixteen, and then at the seventeen, they're still in the room, but he stands up to pray, and that's whenever he does the high priestly prayer that we call it in John seventeen. But in John fifteen, he says, "I am the true vine." So Jesus is talking to himself. He said, "I am what you're coming out of, unless the unless the sun or unless this seed gets put in the ground and dies." then there's not a great harvest. He's the firstborn among many brethren. Hebrews, I'm not I'm sorry, Hebrews, um, Romans 8.30 says that for us. He's the firstborn among, among many brethren. Out of him, all things are made by him, for him, and through him, is what Colossians tells us. And so he's telling us here, I am the true vine. If you're going to be any part of me, you have to understand I'm the true vine. There's no other way to the Father. There's no other way for you to have life and life more abundantly. There's no other way for you to be saved. There's no other way for you to be put back together. He says, I am the true vine. And one my father. Between man there's one. 
Yeah, the man Christ Jesus. We talked about that last night in Hebrews 9. That's what we taught last night, the old covenant and the new covenant, and how <laughs> he is the mediator, and um, he is the true vine. Amen. And it's it's amazing, um, you know, what he has done, what the good news and the gospel accomplished, and he has made a way for us to be right. And really when he says what's impossible with man is possible with God, in the context when he says that, we use it for a lot of things, as I think it is applicable to those. But in the context when he says that, it's actually the question, well, who could be saved? And Jesus looks at him and said, what's impossible with man is possible with God. He's saying it is impossible for man to save himself, but I have come so that I can do the impossible, and I am making a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to make you right when it seems impossible to be right. I'm doing that work. I am that true vine. I'm that true vine. And you've got to learn to abide in me. If if you've ever seen a vineyard or anything like that, or even um, we go in Gatlinburg to the apple barn um, quite a bit. And when you go to the apple barn, you look over, and there's all these apple trees. Or you go to a vineyard and, um, you know, it's those vines coming off of it. Or even you go to a regular tree. The branches coming off of the trunk or the main part of the trees. Would that be right, trunk? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you disconnect that branch from the trunk or you disconnect that vine from the true vine, if you disconnect that limb from the apple tree, what happens to that branch? It will die. It has. It will. There's no other because you connected it. You've disconnected it from the life source. And so what Jesus has done is that there was a people because of sin that has been disconnected from the the vine, from the trunk, from the true vine, and he is connecting them back. He is bringing them back on. He is grafting them in. Supernaturally, he does what seemingly is impossible, but yet he does it. And he says, I am that true vine. You're going to get connected to me. We're going to learn later on what Brother Greg was talking about, like abiding in me, getting in me connected to that brand because when 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 he connects us back then um like he pulled his disciples in he grabbed he grafted them in but what was happening in the midst of that he says my father is the husband so he's saying i am the true vine but my father is the one that's taking care of it and he says what every branch in me that beareth not fruit he does what taketh away he takes it away if there is no fruit if there is no things, he takes it away. Uh, now, this has kind of um, raised a lot of questions about, well, there you go. You can lose your salvation. You can do this. Um, <clears throat> I'm not for sure how much I want to deal with that this morning because we get really bogged down with that. But I will say this, every branch, let's just go here and then we're going to take a break cause, and we'll, we'll finish this some more because Brother Greg's going to have a lot to say. I can feel it. Oh, I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm just waiting to, to continue in verse 3. We've only got two <laughs> verses so far. Well, that's normal. That's normal pace for us. Um, every branch in me that beareth not fruit. So he's basically saying this, if my branch that's connected to me does not bear fruit, it's going to be cut away. Now, why is it cutting away? Because it is diseased. At some point, it has to be diseased, or it's non-profitable, or it's disconnected. There's something wrong There's with that no branch. There's no life in it. Yes. And Somehow, it, it's become disconnected. In him is the life and the light of men. So, 
it's just a dead branch. It was never connected. Yeah. Um, and he has to cut away the things that are dead, the things that are connected, yep. disconnected, because he, um, it, and especially this, if, if it is a disease thing, um, <coughs> excuse me, if it's a disease branch, then it has to be cut away because that disease will start to spread. Yep. And you have to cut it away. You have to purge it. If you've ever taken care of a rose bush, if you've ever taken care of um, trees or some kind of garden things, you have to prune. You have to trim back it because it's healthy for it. It'll prevent disease. It prevents all these things. It gives room for new growth. Um, and so, but I, I think I want to be a little bit cautious of just how much we use that. If it does not produce fruit, it'll be cut away. And another thing too, people... They look at that as uh, <clears throat> as individuals, but I go a little deeper in it with 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 my view, you know, with my interpretation because we have branches within ourselves, and there's many branches on each. Say we're a limb, and on every limb there's many branches, some good, some bad, mm-hmm. and there's things in us that needs to be cut away and cast into the fire. And I believe this is what he's talking about when he trims us up. You know, we have things in our lives that has to be dealt with that he deals with. You know, we all individuals. We all know what they are. We all know what what are what he's taken from us and and where he's brought us from and the different things that he's took away and in our lives and 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 our struggles that that we've overcome through him. And uh, you know, these are the branches that's been cut. He's he's pruning us so that we produce his fruit in in us Our, his fruit is produced in us by him pruning out the bad in us yes and see two major understandings of this text is one that it's not that there's believers and there's there's true believers and then there's not so much true believers that are unquote unquote following him and that those who he cut away are those that are not true believers, and those that are he's pruning are those who are true believers. Because in theology, what we teach in in ecclesiology is universal church. So there's a universal church. There's this natural church that anybody professes to be saved or follow Christ is part of. Yeah. Um, but then there's a spiritual church, and it's kind of the will within the will. So there's a universal church where everybody professes to be saved. And um, there's a lot of Christian churches right now that do not follow anything according to the word, but call themselves Christian. When I went to Africa, you ask people, are you saved? Well, I'm a Christian. But what I had to learn is, well, you're either Christian or you're Islam. So it's like you're one of the two. It's a cultural issue. Yeah. And so just because somebody self calls themselves a Christian doesn't mean they're really a Christian, does not mean they're a follower of Christ. And so I favor an interpretation on this that he's saying this. Every branch that's not that's around me or in me that says they are but does not bear fruit, my father takes away because they're really not of me. Well, I I want to I want to just say this one thing because he says uh, uh, to just to go to that just to be uh, just to have another angle to look at because he talks about the wheat and the tares. Mm-hmm. He says let them grow together. Sheep and the goat. A sheep and the goat. So this right here, I think you would it would be profitable for you to use this as a Mm self-examination and look at the things that needs to be pruned from our lives. 
you know, and the things that, that may be hindering us from producing the fruit in us that he would like produced. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I'm not going to say that this doesn't mean what you're saying, you know, but I, I believe it's more profitable for the individual to examine himself and then allow the Lord to uh, cut away the branches that's that's hindering his fruit mm-hmm. within himself. And I believe this is what he's talking about right yep. here is a personal individual thing, but it can apply also is what you're saying too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right but that well, would be like for the end time. Deal. Well, I, I think, think contextually yeah. for me, contextually, I see it as that um, right now there's, there's both in him because yeah. there's both with him just just recently. Oh yeah. Because yeah, Judas always, was with him. You're always going to have that. Yeah. Always. Well, Judas was with him. Others mm-hmm. were with him. And you know, if you go back to John chapter 6, there was 20,000 plus people with him. Yeah. And they were all calling themselves branches because they wanted his hand. Yeah. Give me your hand. Give me your hand, but they were not producing fruit. And by the time yeah. that chapter ended, there was 12 and he said one of you are a devil. Yeah. And so because I know we got to take a break. We'll read the first trivia question. Oh. But here's where I feel like he's actually alluding to this contextually that he's saying there's some of you that are not going to be fruitful that I'll have to that my father's going to cut out because you're really not of me. And then there's going to be the some that's really of me and connected to me. And he's going to purge them so they can become even better or even holier or even this, whatever you want to say. Even um, he's going to purge them to grow them, to stretch them, to mature them, which the New Testament talks about. But now he looks at them and he says, you. And he says, you are already clean. He does not say everybody. He does not say they. He's actually looking at his disciples in the room and saying, you, you are yeah. already clean. Yep. And then, you know, this why this is why I think that it's more of a personal deal, because as we go on here, it'll explain it, because he's talking about abiding. Mm-hmm. And that's a personal. You can't, you can't corporately. I mean, I guess you can't corporately, but to do it corporately, each individual has to be doing it individually. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you can't corporately abide. That's that doesn't. Do you see what I mean? I mean, everybody may be well, coming to thing, but to well, abide in Him is a personal. Well, the corporately thing is made up. He's he yeah. is talking to them as a whole. Oh yeah, I'm but he's you. he's telling yeah. them individually. You're either connected or you're not. And yeah. if you're not connected, I will cut you off. My father will cut you off. And if you are connected, he will purge you, um, and he will prune you, and he will take care of you. Um, and so. Corporately, yeah. it's always made up of individuals. Yeah. And to accomplish something corporately, you have to make stuff up individually. But I would say corporately, we have to learn how to abide together because he's he's making us one. In John 17, he's going to tell us, make them one with one another so that they then make be one with me. Well, this right here, as we get farther, but you we got to go to break. Yep, but I know. Let's, get, let's, let's go. Thursday break. question number one, sponsored <laughs> by the, the Sicilian Bank. You can call in, um, and we're going to have, we're on a three-week period this time, one week a little bit more, but we're going to do two backpacks full of school supplies. So we wanted to put it right before most schools are starting. So it'll get you two backpacks full of school supplies. Say you don't have children, that's okay. Call in, get it, give it to somebody at your church, give it to somebody that can use it. Um, but Thursday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank, what king of Judah had his birth and reign foretold to King Jeroboam? What king of Judah had his birth and reign foretold to King Jeroboam? 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.
Alrighty, we are back. And remember, don't keep pushing it back or it never gets done or it'll get done in a hurry. And we never want to rush through prayer. Prayer is not something you, um, we have to learn this. Prayer is not something that we go to once a day. It's actually a lifestyle we learn to live in because prayer in the utmost is communion and it's relationship. And um, prayer is so mildly important. And this whole Christian walk does not work without prayer. And if we're not praying, we're not walking. And um, and so just what a strong encouragement, what a, um, a push to say, let's go to the prayer calls. Let's get into the Word. Let's go and do this thing the real way. Let's go learn how to abide in Him. We'll get back into that here in a minute. Um, Mariah, we still don't have an answer for that trivia question, correct? All righty. Um, let's see here. Thursday question number one. What king of Judah had his birth and reign foretold to King Jeroboam? What king of Judah had his birth and reign foretold to King Jeroboam? Um, so, good morning so far. We've been diving into John chapter 15. If you have any, um, if you have any Bible questions for us or dialogues or anything to that extent, um, we would love to get an answer in there. I don't know everything. Greg don't know everything. Uh, <laughs> None of us hardly. here knows everything, but what we do know is the one who does know everything. Amen. And he has been so gracious and good to give us his word and his Holy Spirit that will teach us all things and bring remembrance all things that he has taught us. So um, we want to walk alongside of you and we want to help whatever we can with Bible questions or dialogue. So 270-230-6337 is the number to um, text to get that in. Or if you call the station at 270-257-2689, um, they can bring that question into us in the studio. And we will do our best to give you an honest attempt to answer that Bible question for you. Tonight is Man Up starting at 6 o'clock here at Bethel Fellowship. We are going to be back at the lake, so you need to bring your fishing pole, um, lawn chair, cornhole table, boards, whatever they are. It's not a cornhole table. It's cornhole boards. Um, I'm, I'm, hor I'm horrible at cornhole. Um, I have a, a extremely bad losing record in cornhole. So if you ask me to play with you, I love to play, but you will you will notch a lot of wins in your bracket. <laughs> if you play with me um, kiddos welcome tonight we encourage sons to come out with fathers bring them out um, and so we're just really excited about tonight excited for just hanging out and fellowshipping Todd Mingus is going to be bringing a testimony and um, we'll just have some hamburgers and hot dogs something really simple tonight and just a few hours of hanging out and I have found this with guys. A lot of times you don't have to entertain guys a whole lot. Um, just put them out there in the field with a fishing pole and a Dr. Pepper and a hamburger, and they will talk for two and a half hours. So <laughs> um, it's all we're going to do, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm excited for Todd Mingus's um, a testimony he's going to do tonight. So here's what you do. If you got a truck, if you got a truck, it is really easy to get to. Um, we'll, I'll kind of be having people directing or um, signage or something to that degree. If you want a truck, you can drive straight out in the field by the lake. That is not a problem whatsoever. Um, you could probably take a um, – a lot of cars probably shouldn't go back out there, but trucks would be fine. Um, we'll have some other way of transportation for people who are coming. And if you don't want to drive out there in the middle of the field or you have a car that maybe are, is kind of lower and won't make it or bump a lot, um, you can park up at the church and we will be back and forth ever so often to pick some people up. Or you can call or text me when you get there and say, I'm here, can somebody come get me? And so we'll have a way of transportation for that. And then um, uh, I think that about covers it really. But if you want to drive out there in your truck, 
you feel right to go ahead and um, come on out and remember just really do um, a lot of good fishing in that lake back there there's some pretty good sized bass out there um, and so we'll have a little fishing contest or something I don't know but we'll have hopefully some bring um, some people will bring their corn holes um, I was gonna try to set a volleyball net up but I just don't think there's anywhere flat enough for a volleyball net back there it's kind of got a little heel down into the pond and so I don't know if we'll do volleyball but have a football or something out there tossing around with the kids. I don't know. We're just going to have a really good time. It's supposed to be just a relaxed night of fellowship um, and just come out and participate. So, men, you are invited tonight with your sons. And um, come on out. 6 o'clock here at Bethel Fellowship. If you need directions or you need any other things, um, you can call the station or text me. So, station number one more time, 270-257-2689. Or my texting number is 270-230-633. Seven. All right, we are moving right along here um, on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on this July 27th. Looks like the weather's going to be pretty today, a little bit warm, a little bit toasty, but overall I think it's going to be a really pretty day. Um, we've had a couple of those lately, had a little quick pop-up shower, not even a rain. It was just a little shower yesterday, but besides that it's been pretty dry all week and um, definitely warmer, and so praise God for nice weather. All right, we are in John chapter 15. We've got through two verses, started in verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And so what he's talking about here to me, what I'm seeing here is going on. And again, I believe contextually what he's saying is he, he's saying you have been purified. He said what God has been doing in you because you're connected to me is he's been using my words to prune you, to purify you, to build you, to edify you. And all of these words that I've given to you, remember just previously in the last chapter, he said that I am leaving the comforter. I am leaving the helper because the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, but also bring all things I have spoken to you in remembrance. And so he's saying through the word that I have given you, you have been cleaned. You have been purified. You have been um, set apart. You have all of these things. So the very promise of chapter two. Uh, verse 2, I'm sorry, of uh, verse 2, that if you are connected to the vine, my Father prunes you because you're bearing good fruit. He's actually saying this is happening in you. And through the word that the Father gives me to give to you, through the teaching that I have for you, through my word, you have been clean. Amen. It says uh, in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Mm -hmm. No more can you, except you abide in me. This is my favorite verse. And I think it's my favorite verse verse in the Bible. Verse 4 or 5? Verse 5. I'm about Mm -hmm. to read it. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me... You can do nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I look at this as a very personal and very uh, uh, individual, on an individual aspect. I know he's talking to a bunch, but I think he is, uh, I believe that he is speaking to them as individually. You know, uh, this is that you must abide in him. So uh, uh, abide in him, what's that mean? got to, to abide means to dwell mm-hmm. you know and uh, you know throughout all the scripture it talks about God being your dwelling place 
you know, the mountain where you, you're a refuge. Uh, he is. Uh, c- come to me, all you are, are he- heavy laden, burdened and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Mm-hmm. I totally messed that up. But this is what he's talking about, abiding in him. You know, I am the vine and you are the branches without me. You can do nothing. So it's nothing that we do of ourselves. It's only when we surrender to him and whatever this thing is, like I talked about the other last Thursday, if you're struggling with something, if you're focusing on the struggle, you're always going to struggle because that's what you're abiding in. You're you're constantly on your on your mind is that struggle. But in the struggle, if you can focus on the Lord in the middle of that struggle, instead of trying to fight it yourself and fight the struggle, focus on the Lord and abide in Him, the struggle will go away because He will deliver you. But your focus, you have to abide in the vine because without Him, you can do nothing. Yes. And he's going back to verse 1. He's saying, he's actually reiterating and he's actually expounding. Verse 1 In verse 2, he says, I am the vine, my father is a husband. Anybody who bears good fruit, he keeps, he prunes. Everybody that does not bear good fruit, he cuts away. Now he goes back to the same people and he says, I am the vine. And he looks at them and he says, you are the branches. You all. And that does say, you 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 guys, the the room in the room, you are, like, you're my branches. And because you're my branches... And the, I'm sorry. And the reason you're my branches is you're abiding in me. Um, if you go back to verse 14, he talks about this. He says that the Holy Spirit dwells in with you. He dwells with you, and one day he will dwell in you. But how? Why does he say the Holy Spirit dwells with them? Because the Holy Spirit is in Christ, and Christ dwelled with them on the earth. And he's saying, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to spring the Spirit. I'm going to send the Spirit so that He makes you one with us, as I am with the Father. And so what happens is he's actually bringing me into dwelling with Christ. When Jesus says in John 14, I go to make a place for you. What's that place? I'm making your room for you in me. I'm making a place within our our relationship, in our kingdom, in us, for you. I think, and I see it as I'm making a place in you for me is what Jesus is saying. Because without me, you can do nothing. So I'm going to make a place. I'm going to cut out all these dead branches that's in you. And I'm going to move in there. Because without me, you can do nothing. I'm going to cut out all these dead branches so that you can bear forth fruit. My fruit from which that that I am producing in you. Because without me, you can do nothing. So there's no fruit of our own. The only fruit that's ever produced is his fruit that's produced in us. And and this right here, whenever he comes in, and and this is coming from a guy that had a lot of branches. <laughs> I mean, I had a, I've had a lot of stuff cut out, you know, and it's nothing that I could have done, you know. Uh, just like whenever I talked about being gentle, you know, I didn't even know what the the concept of gentle even looked like or how you even do that, you know. And now I'm just now I'm just gentle. And he made me that way. Of course, my wife would argue that she would say gentler. You know, we had that conversation. But either way, it's nothing of that I did and what he's done in me. He took he took those hard, dead branches and he cut them out of the way. And, and those those dead branches were sucking the life out of the branch that he wants to produce fruit. So he takes those branches away. 
Therefore, there's nothing distracting the, what's going to that branch to produce the fruit. So, you know, you can look at yourself. You know, you look, you see a, you see a vine, and you see coming off the vine is a branch. Well, coming off of that branch is other branches. Some of those branches are producing fruit. Some of them aren't. And those are the ones that he's pruning off. The ones in our lives that is unfruitful. The things in our life that's unfruitful, whether it be doubt, unbelief, uh, anxiety, uh, addiction, whatever that is, you know, whatever that is, those are the things that he has taken away so that when, when those are taken away, more fruit is produced in you that you can share. Somebody can eat of that fruit. And then that fruit can, again, the seed in that fruit be planted into the other person to eat that fruit of what has took place in yours, and then it begins to grow in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree that personally, God's definitely pruning branches. Um, I think here, though, because I, I just want to stick as much contextually to how as I can, um, I, I think he's actually saying that branches here, you are the branch, not and he's saying, I will cut off people that's not bearing fruit. Because the whole point of him becoming, and what you're talking about, he's making, we have to make room. Um, it's it's in each other. He says, I'm going to abide in you, and you're going to abide in me. Why? Because there's a unity coming. There's a partaking coming. There's a coming together coming. And what he's trying to do is actually, for the first time, helping us to bear real fruit. Because without him, we've never been able to do it. That's what Hebrews 9 is talking about. That's what the gospel is saying. I'm incapable of doing it myself. But once he comes in, once he makes room, once he makes place, once he transforms, once he he does this, if you go down to verse, um, I know I don't want to jump, but I'm going to jump for a minute. Um, not eight, by this, my father is glorified that you may bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So once he comes in to abide, now we are finally equipped and able to bear much fruit. And that is how we glorify the Father, is bearing fruit. What is that fruit? Well, that is joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, patience, meekness, against such there is no law. And so those are the fruit, the fruit of the spirits. The fruit that he's talking about here is not being gifted. It's not speaking in tongues. It's not prophesying. It's not of this... The fruit that he's talking about is Christ-likeness. It's his character. It's who he is. It's bearing fruit. It's being patient. It's being gentle. How'd you say it? Gentler. Gentler. That's a hard word to say fast. Yeah. Gentler. I uh, made that up. I think I, I, think I coined that word. That's up. okay. We'll make you a shirt. Greg, <laughs> Greg, be gentler. Yeah. Um, Aaron, my wife would get me three of those shirts. <laughs> and um, it's long-suffering, patience, kindness, Um I say this a lot when, you know, even on preaching on Sunday mornings. For a long time, we were okay with coming to the church house and shouting and dancing and running around the place and then go home and treat everybody else really bad because we had a good time in the Holy Ghost that morning. But I think whenever the Lord really comes in and abides in us and I in Him, I believe everything starts to change in the inside of who we are. I believe the way we love changes. I believe the way we have mercy changes. I believe the way we have kindness changes. I believe the gentleness changes. I believe the patience changes. I believe fruit is actually coming to manifestation. And he's saying those who are fruitful glorify the Father in verse 8. And 
All that is because he came to dwell in me. Um, Ephesians 2 says, that is, are we saved by works? No, lest anyone should boast. But then how does he finish that little section in verse, I think it's 8 or 10 uh, of chapter 2? He says, but you were born again to good works. You were predestined to walk in good works. You're never saved by your works, but you're, I never, how do I say this to teenagers? I haven't said it in a while. I'm never, let's see, my good works never saved me. How did I say this? I went blank. The works doesn't save me, but I work. I don't, I ne- oh, yeah. I never work to be saved, but I work because I am saved. And, um, but that's, we are incapable of doing that absent of the abiding because the Holy Spirit in me, the Holy Spirit in me is what equips me to actually walk in victory, walk in fruit. And, um, without him like people say grace enables you to sin and get away with it more actually grace raises the standard of holiness and so we have to understand exactly what the holy spirit does um one a listener just said if you think of gardening and what you all are talking about um well it spazzed out on me if you think of gardening and what you are talking about a good farmer doesn't just happen it must be kept and maintained flowers are dead headed to produce more blooms um, are dead are deadheaded. That means cut off, I think, to produce more blooms. Now, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for that input. Because, um, have you ever done a garden, Greg? Uh, I mean, I've seen it. You, I've seen, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've run a tiller. <laughs> it is very difficult. I pulled a plow. <laughs> yeah, gardens are really hard. Yeah. To do a garden right, you're going to have to be de-weeding. You're always going to have to be yeah. in there and getting stuff out of there. And, Deadheading. I didn't know it's. I didn't know that's what it's called, but I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's pruning. You know, that's that's like, you know, you ever seen how they uh, like a pumpkin, a pumpkin patch, mm-hmm. and they have a vine, and you know, pumpkins grow on the vine. So, yep. in order to get that one great big pumpkin, what they do is they trim off all the other pumpkins off of that vine, so that vine is only feeding the one pumpkin. Yeah, and that's how it gets so big. That's how they have those big, massive. Really? Pumpkins. Yeah, that's how it does it. Because if not, you'll have all the the ones that you know you go pick up out of the orchard for your jackalant yep. or whatever. Those are all growing on. You know, I don't know how many. I'm not a I'm not a vinologist, but whatever. Anyways, they. Uh, I like so that. Many that sounds of, like a good big word. So many of them. I stole that from my preacher. Anyways, <laughs> uh, they. Uh, so many of them grow on a vine. You know. Yeah. And, uh, and so in order to get the one great big one, they cut all the way to where all, all everything out of that one vine goes into that one pumpkin. So that it becomes a massive pumpkin. And, and as we go on here, when we get into verse 6, now we're going to be talking about, I think this is where I believe he transitions to more of an end time type deal, talking about uh, the wheats and the tares uh, whenever we go to, Trans, uh, when we go to chapter 6, it says, if a man. You want me to go ahead or, or are you well, still? Well, we got a heartbreak. Oh, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. We'll, go to, we'll, we'll go to verse 6 whenever we are yeah. back from the heartbreak. I got the second. Actually, we haven't fir- had the first trivia answered yet. Thursday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What king of Judah had his birth and reign foretold to King Jeroboam? 270-257-2689 is the number to call in and get your name. And we'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. All righty, we are back here um, on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. It's a day the Lord has made. 
Um, I was learning how to say cheesecake in Spanish. Torta de queso. Torta de queso. So I love that. I love I love cheesecake. Torto de queso. Maybe Alonzo's in here with us, and and he's going to help us with some Spanish. Okay? Grab the mic, Alonzo. Grab the mic right there. Okay. All right, so headphones right there. He's going to help us with a little – we're going to have a Spanish lesson for about two or three minutes here on Mornings of Boxer. We're helping. We're helping people grow. Um, How would I say um, bacon? Bacon is – I don't know. What is bacon? You don't have bacon? (laughs) Ah, uh, at bread, bacon. Ba- ah, okay, bacon is a. Uh, uh, I don't know what it's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, bacon's universal. That's what it is. There's not even a word it translates to. It's just universal. Um, how do you say? Uh, let's say flego means fire. So Jesus, fire, flego. F- fuego is fire. Yes, and um, fu- fuego de Jesus. Jesus fire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fue, fuego de Jesus. Jesus. Yes. I like that. So so the f- the f- in Spanish the flego has to come before Jesus. Flego uh, es Jesus. You can say fuego de Jesus or or Jesus es fuego. Es Something fuego. like that. Huh. We're learning. Brother Greg says he's gonna hang out with Alonzo for a day to learn some Spanish. <laughs> Now, um, I need to hang out with somebody and teach me some English. That'd help me. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need. I need to go to somebody with English first. I'm going to hang out with an English professor for a week, yeah. uh, a day, and see if I can learn. Time. I had a hard enough time already. Yep. But Well, thanks for the Spanish lesson. <laughs> okay. Even though welcome. you couldn't tell me how you did bacon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I need to. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Brother Alonzo. Okay. Appreciate it, my friend. Uh, he was in here during the break with us. But um, we have a, still, remember, tonight's the night, Man Up Ministry, 6 o'clock p.m. here at Bethel Fellowship. Always exciting. You never know what's going to happen here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. And so God's really good. God's moving in a great way. Um, I had, uh, let's see here. Also, let me, um, one listener said, deadheading is also removing the spent blooms. You get more blooms. And so that's good. And then Greg got the revelation of we can't live off of yesterday stuff. It's it's done. Um, that's why that's why the manna cl- died in the wilderness, right? Amen. Yeah. It, so I mean, once a uh, you know, like Egypt, it was a blessing to Jacob, and it become a curse to Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can't stay in our blessings. You know, once we uh, he gives us our blooms, the blooms last so long, the blessings last so long. But then there's a time that they're spent. We move on. Mm-hmm. We don't stay try to stay in those blessings and keep going back to something that is dead. So it's good to be cut off. Amen. So uh, we are in verse um, 6. All right. You want to take us into it, Brother Greg? Yeah, Yeah. so if a man abide not in me, this is where I think the context changes, Mm -hmm. just for this verse. It says, if a man, I don't know if just for this verse, but if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather him or and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned if uh let me you want me to go on or sure okay because well let me just right here see whenever we talk about if you read the uh, the tears you know what happens to the tears they are gathered the tears are gathered first and cast into the fire 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask ye, or at, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Wherein is my Father glorified, or herein, sorry, herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So this right here, so ask what you will, and it shall be done unto me, or done unto you. So whenever the the fruit is produced in you, whenever things you are overcome in you, these struggles, these these trials, these these difficulties that we that are we are faced with and he pulls us through that produces fruit in us that we can share with others and therefore he is glorified because we know that it wasn't us that got through these things that it was the lord that pulled us through and when we tell everybody our testimony we were made uh, like uh, uh, hannah said a while back we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Mm -hmm. we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so the word of my testimony is not for me it's for whoever else because the testimony i've already come through the trial now i testify of what the lord has done for me and i share that and we and i share that that is the fruit that's being shared and this is what he's talking about and uh yeah amen so um, if you go back to verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, um, we take verses like this and I sometimes think we abuse them um, because I think we say whatever you ask, he'll do. So let me just clarify. God is not your servant. He is not your sugar daddy. He's nothing to that. You the we got to look at what he's saying here. Yeah, you got to, you got because it says it right there. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, mm-hmm. that's it. So yep. if you're abiding in him, you're abi- not abiding in yourself. Yep. And if his words abide in you, you're not leaning on your own understanding. And this goes back to why they couldn't cast the devil out of that boy because they didn't have that, uh, well, things like this was prayer and fasting, spending time with the Lord. And seeking his face. This is abiding in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Because if if you're abiding in him, and his words are abiding in you, you're not going to be asking him of things of this world. You're not going to be asking him of selfish desires and things of you. Because if you're abiding in him, you've laid yourself down. And his words abide in you. You meditate on, you meditate on his word. Yeah. And when we learn his words and his words abide in me. So I'm abiding in Christ. He has made a place for us in him to abide. Yeah. And then he has given us his words. He's given us his teaching, his doctrine, his words of life. Remember whenever they asked him, you know, um, in ver- I think it is John chapter six. And, you know, he says, are you all going to leave, too? And Peter's jumps up, said, well, where do where? we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yeah. Um, and he says, oh, my words abide in you. What the word does is the words of Christ and the words of Scripture, the the Word of God will give us and change us our mind, our thinking. It gives us a worldview. It gives us a biblical understanding. It gives us a godly understanding of life, but it begins to shape who we are. The, His words literally shape us. It causes us to repent. Metanoia changed the way we're thinking. And when we learn to get in line with Him 
and to walk in step with him and to think like he thinks because he's conforming us into the image of the son according to Romans chapter 8 verse 29 what happens then is when we get right thinking then we start to appropriately ask the right thing and when we get into his will and we get into his understanding and we know what he's thinking we know how he's thinking we know what he wants when he wants then our desires start to change the closer we get to him because we become more like him And when we start to ask according to his will, his words, his ways, then we start to activate this thing that whatever we ask is given to us because now we're asking appropriately and um, biblically and godly and all these other words you want to say, whatever you want to say according to that. When we ask what he wants done, he's happy to do it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, there's the abide. Mm-hmm. Thy will be done, there's the words. In earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, there's the words. Mm-hmm. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine mm-hmm. is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is what he's talking about right here, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's... Yes. Yeah. And and so I think that's I always want to whenever we encounter scripture like that, I always clarify and bring to remembrance that because um, I think so often we just think we just ask anything we ask. If I ask for a Cadillac, he said, whatever I ask, he's going to give it to me. You know, like, Who honestly. Wants a Cadillac? Anyway? You need I, a Duramax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for an F-350, uh, yeah. 2023 or 2000. Yeah. Now, hey, let's let's go big or go home. You hey, know? I will so. say I I I don't like I don't sit around looking at vehicles. Nah, I um, but I will say there's one that catches my eye quite often. You want to know what it is? You're gonna laugh at it. What is? It? Kind of sounds girly, but 2024 electric Hummer, fully okay. electric. Yeah. Have you seen it before? No, I don't. It I don't is. Pay no I don't either. Actually, I don't even know how this came about. Yeah. I just saw a picture. It's pretty slick looking. So if I'm gonna ask for any car. Yeah, Lord, send me a 2024 Hummer, <laughs> fully paid for. I don't know how yeah. you do it, but you know, but we yeah. do stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and but you know that's that's just it because it takes it takes a lot of these branches being cut off of us True. to where we can get past that yep. point. You know, because I wasn't always where I'm at now. I, yep. I mean, uh, this even goes back to the sower of seeds. You know, different ones are. Uh, the seed gets choked out by you know the thorns you know and or or just different things you know all this this ties in so many different places here this this word is so tightly knit together like you know like a fabric that all this plays in you know and as as you you walk all this stuff starts coming to you you know as you walk as the branches are torn off and, and cast out you know the the more branches that are cast off, the clearer you can see. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine going through the uh, uh, force, it's all grown up, you know. As you start cleaning up that for you know, start cutting out all the weeds and all this stuff, as the force starts opening up, you start to see clearly. This is this, this just dropped into me. I mean, this is just our, our walk with the Lord. He, get, he starts cutting out all these branches that doesn't need to be there. And that opens up our eyes to where we can see more clearly. And that, that you know, the light, he's a, a light to our path. Well, it doesn't matter how bright the light is if there's a lot of things blocking the light and there's still a shadow there. Mm-hmm. 
So he has to cut these things out, you know, and get these branches out of the way so his light can shine in our path. Yeah. yeah. Um, amen. All right. Let's um, – trying to think here where we can try to get to to have a good stopping point for tomorrow. Um, let's go in first. We'll finish 9 and 10. And as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Um, I really do love this because he's saying the Father has loved me. And because the Father has loved me, that same love I have given to you. He's saying continue, therefore, in my love. Yeah, and in verse 10, this can get turned around again. You know, I've heard it a lot, but let's say, well, I don't know if I've heard it a lot. It seems like it. But anyway, verse 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Mm -hmm. So, again, let's go back. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. So, this right here, people can look at this and say, oh, no, I'm not keeping it. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing these things, you know. Well... He's these things are revealed to us that he can overcome us, overcome them in us. So uh, this goes back to what I said earlier. There's nothing overtaking you such as coming to man. Mm -hmm. So these things that God uh, that that takes place in us, you know, he's cutting these things out. Well, and I go back to like the whenever they refine gold. In the impurities, whenever they're put under an intense heat, the gold is melted and the impurities rise to the surface. So whenever we are put in these hot situations, these intense situations, that reveals the sin in us. That reveals the darkness in us. That reveals what it is that he's trying to pull out of us. And whenever that is revealed, that's whenever he can remove it. But it has to be revealed first. So if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you find yourself, shall we continue in sin? God forbid. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you find yourself, accept his grace and his mercy. Re uh, repent and acknowledge. Acknowledge, say, Lord, look, this is me. This is what I just did. I don't want to do this. You see me how I am. Here am I. Forgive me. And he will take that thing. And and you, you may stumble. You may. You know, I'm not going to say you will because you may. I don't know if you will or not. But if you do, we have advocate with the Father. Just be real and don't try to hide it within your own understanding. Don't try to justify it with your own self-righteousness confess your sins to the Lord and be real and grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen I love that well we're going to take a short break here uh, Brother Philip Trent's going to call in at 825 and so when we get back from the break he should be 
um, back on the line with us. I'm really excited to talk to Brother Philip Trent and um, see what's going on over there in the land and what the Lord's speaking to him right now. He always has a strong word and what the Lord's showing him. So we're going to be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, welcome back in on this July 27, 2023 edition of Mornings of Box 2 Radio. We have on the phone with us Brother Philip Trent. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing the best. How are you, brother? I'm blessed. I'm excited to have you on with this morning. Um, Lord. I've missed you. We've, we was having you on once a month, and somehow I don't know how we stopped doing that. And so we got to get I, back into this. I don't know. We get sidetracked, and I don't have anything written down on my calendar. And if I don't have it where I can, uh, it's not as easy to keep up, especially with the once a month thing. And yeah. It's kind of hard to keep up with. Sure. No. No, I understand somewhere. completely. Yeah. Well, we enjoy you being on and um, well, always bring a strong anointing and a strong word. And um, we appreciate you being such a huge part of the Box 2 Radio Network. So um, I know over there, before we get into what the Lord's showing you, I, I want you to be able to speak because I know a lot of people's listening all over. Um, share a little bit about your all's food bank. I'm always just so impressed by what God's doing there. And I follow on Facebook quite a bit, even though it may not look like I'm following. I'm following and, and praise God for all the food y'all are able to distribute and what you're all doing for that community over there in Highsville and Glasgow area. Well, last week, uh, of course, we take care of Hart County, uh, Highsville and Glasgow's in Barron County, but we're right. Hart County's uh, abundance of the heart is uh, H-A-R-T, uh, abundance of the heart. And we sure. distribute food to everyone that qualifies. We are a partner agency with Feeding America out of Elizabethtown, uh, and so we we abide by their uh, standards for the most part, especially for those uh, foods that the USDA uh, furnish. We have to you know do everything by their book. Mm-hmm. Uh, then all the fancy 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 food <laughs> pantry food that we buy, we can do that at our jurisdiction. You know our own yeah. pace and. So we we get their food and then we buy almost like eighteen hundred dollars this last week. Uh, we spent uh, to put more food and a better bag of food in the hands of Hart County people. We distributed twenty five thousand one hundred sixty six pounds last Friday uh, to about five hundred families. We ran completely out of food and. Uh, I'm down to just a few boxes left here at the church. I'm going to have to go purchase some more food. Uh, the demand is so, so strong. It's people that's on uh, this, these uh, checks from the government. That check is not moving, and everything you're buying is continuing to inch up. So you have no, your your book's not, <clears throat> not going as far as it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, understand that we all face that uh but most of us you know have a way of increasing our income one way or the other we do more or do something uh but a lot of those people have no way they're on uh, just a certain income and that's all it is and i don't see how they live start with but uh, of course they get many of them get free uh, apartments and things but it all works out for god's glory we pray and but we had a great, great, probably one of the best group of volunteers we've had since we've been in existence. Uh, more people are uh, passionate uh, towards that. They see the value of this ministry. We've been at this for over 20 years, and uh, 
actually creeping up towards 5 million pounds of distribution here in the county, Hart County. And so, you know, we've proven that we're here to stay and we're serious about what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a lot of uh, volunteers. There's probably close to 200 families worth distrib- uh, delivered by our delivery people. We, we're we way up there in numbers. And that's that's the disabled people, people that can't don't have vehicle or can't, um, you know, they have to depend on somebody else to carry them here or there or do anything. And uh, uh, and we have more and more people wanting to just bring theirs, but you know we that's if you're able to come and get it, then you need to do that and get your neighbors too while you're here. Yeah. But uh, so it's all working, and uh, we just praise God for it. Uh, the USDA has set uh, a value on the foods that we delivered, and and at the value they put on what we did last week, um, it was over $40,000 worth of food was put in the hands of wow. people here in Hart County. Wow. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and that's what they value it at now. You know, whether they got that much in it or not, I don't know, but uh, but that's what they valued it at. And, and I don't doubt it because uh, it's a tremendous uh, tremendous amount of food, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Man, I tell you, Brother Trent, that uh, I feel guilty now because I just, you know, I just take advantage. Or, I mean, I don't take advantage. I, I, uh, I take for granted. Yeah. You know, I go into my pantry, I get something out. You know, I right. just I don't think about it. You know, I'm thankful for it. You know, it, it, right. yeah, I don't want to say that I'm not thankful. I'm very thankful because it wasn't always that way. But I just, but this is something that that I'm glad we talked about because you know we have a food bank here in in Grayson County, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I believe you've inspired me there. I'm going to see if there's some some more I can do. You know, and well, I would encourage a- if anybody's out there listening. You know. Uh, if there's something that you can do to help uh, Brother Trent or, or if you're in Grayson County, the food bank there, I mean, I just, this is just such a revelation to me. And I appreciate uh, I appreciate your testimony and how the Lord moves in that. It's tremendous what uh, we can do with a dollar. Uh, we have access to foods that's at a very reasonable price, usually. Now, this last week, uh, they didn't have any canned vegetables in in the distribution, so I put two cans of green beans, two cans of corn in there with everybody's uh, bag, which, you know, they they need vegetables. And we had some fresh vegetables, had cabbage, uh, see, we had, you know, a certain amount of peppers and potatoes, not not, not much for everybody, but we just tried to fix up a, a, a bag of mixed things, a squash and a uh, a green pepper and a handful of potatoes and <laughs> you know just bagged it all up in one bag uh, because it's a lot to it doing all this stuff and uh, but uh, when when you can, when you can take a dollar and go uh, to a place like that and for the most part you pay what it costs them to run that operation yeah. uh, so it's not you know you're not paying a, a Seventy-five cents a can for stuff. Now, when I buy it straight up, that's about what I did last week. Yeah. Uh, corn and beans were expensive, but typically we can we can do so much more than 
if you just bring us a can or two of something. Yeah. If you give us a dollar and a half or two dollars, we can buy twice that or three times that. So it's it's a it's a matter of you know where you where you're at, and yeah. so people if they will help just a little bit, uh, those organizations around there. We got five six churches that partner with us every month. Uh, we have one church that gives us two hundred dollars a month half for years, and uh, other churches a hundred and some fifty. But we we take about four or five hundred dollars in every month that way, and we can purchase a gob of food with that. See, mm, and yeah. uh, our purchase power is so so incredibly strong, and so they're they're using that arm, and then some of those churches furnish uh, individuals to come and help too. And so uh, any way you can get on board uh, and and help, it's one one thing we have a big need of and that's when we get there with the food at like eight fifteen or eight thirty distribution offload offload all that you yeah. have to offload it by hand uh crate at a time or case at a time and we get it all lined up and we have a row of tables and then we set that up and to bag uh so that's that's where the real amount of energy and of course and but we've been doing so good. Uh, people have been showing up and helping do that, and it's just been rewarding and refreshing to see that people come together and work together, uh, smiling and so, having a good time, fellowship. and serving the Lord and just helping people. Uh, hmm. It's a Amen. good place. If you have teenagers or teenage group or somebody, now most of the time we have a four H group or. A club from the high school, of course, during school time, but during summer don't have that. Uh, and they'll they'll bring their kids over and let them show, you know, see how this works and be a be a hip and hand to people. So and how often how often are you needing helpers? You know, like we is do it once a month, once we a do month, it every third Friday uh, of the month. This the the foods from Feeding America are uh, that's a that's a once a month. You qualify for the food once a month at a certain income level. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I have pantry food here at the church all the time. I delivered one yesterday evening and late, and the one that we the day before, and both of them <laughs> was uh, from here to Mumfordville. It's about fifteen miles from here, but they was within a stone's throw of each other. But they didn't contact me where I could do them both at the same time. I had to make two trips, <laughs> but yeah. but that's all right. We 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 don't cry over spilt milk like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, any time it seemingly uh, God cares about feeding people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, he used an analogy that somebody comes to you and and they're hungry and they're in need uh, of daily necessities, and you just say, "Be warm and feel." Yeah. And, you know, you pray a little. Uh, you know, scattered prayer over them. That don't stop that gut from growling. I mean, they they need they need something. You know, and so we try to take care of that in the name of the Lord, and uh, and we have. Uh, tremendous access to people. Of course, we're on radio, we're on TV, so they see us and they hear us, and they ask us to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we can't quote preach the gospel to them through the food thing. Uh, I can't put stuff in the bag, or I can't do those type of things. But I can sure pray for people, and I will, and I talk to them. And I don't, you know, nobody's nobody's standing there saying you can't do that. 
uh, and I told them the moment that I can't represent the Lord and present the Lord to these people is the time you get somebody else to do your program. Yeah. And uh, so, so they're 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 good with that. There's not, uh, but you know, we cannot call anybody out because they're believe this way or they dress this way or they act this way. We well, can't. if that was the case, I would have been called a long time ago, and Jesus yeah. wouldn't have called me. Well, that's right with all of us. So, you know, so. Uh, we, we we certainly don't uh, ask anybody what their faith belief is or yeah. do they, uh, you know. Uh, and we know in the world, uh, it's the world. I yeah, mean, it's it's what do you expect out of the world? That's, that's well, the world system. Yeah. And they're shacking up and they're, you know, lying and they're doing all kinds of things. But, I mean, I can't, I can't police all that. Uh, when it comes to that distribution of that food, if you're there and you qualify, we give you the food and nobody says anything about anything. We just be uh, the light. That's right. That's right. And uh, and I believe it's working. I believe the Lord has been uh, glorified. I believe he's been honored through this program. We certainly give him the praise and honor and glory for it, and I believe other people do. And they recognize that it is a labor of love, and it is you know, that comes from the love of God in our hearts that we do what we do. And Jesus was moved with compassion, you know. And if compassion is not the fueling agent of your life, then you need to go back and abide in Jesus. Get back mm-hmm. in Jesus. You've lost connection. Uh, you've been disconnected from the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. Uh, get back and get connected and get abiding in him. If you abide in him and he abides in you, then compassion is going to rise up in you somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there will be a tear to come in your eye when somebody, you see the situation, uh, and it'll cause you to, uh, it'll cause you to respond. And uh, you'll go beyond your hurts or your likes or dislikes, and you'll, you'll help people when you need help yourself. Mm-hmm. And because the compassion in your heart, and uh, I don't never ever want to lose that. I I, I yeah. want to have that to my dying day, uh, and I thank God for it. Uh, I I didn't put it in there; He put it in there, <laughs> and I can't manufacture it. He can. I'm abiding in Him, and His passion and compassion's abiding in me. So I'm going to do His work. You know, yep. and uh, and that can be anything. I mean, we 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 try to help people in whatever arena they're in, wherever they're hurting. Uh, that's that's the work of the ministry. You know, you go forth and do the works. It's not just casting out devils. It's not just laying hands on the sick. I believe Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Yep. So healing is a big thing, but. You know, you can you can lay hands on somebody that's got a problem in their body, and you might bring healing to that part. But what about their floors out of their bathroom? What about the they can't get up and down the steps? They need it, the steps are falling apart. So you know, they need healing in more than one way. You pour, know, pour pour out what's been poured into you. Pour that's out. right, and uh, don't be afraid to. I I spell ministry. W-O-R-K. <laughs> that, that's how you spell ministry. If you're not willing to work, you're not going to last in the ministry mm-hmm. yeah. because it's it's work. And, uh, the, yeah. and and he put that spirit in us that 
uh, recreated spirit in us that we might do his works. Uh, I think it tells us there in Ephesians that, uh, about that, you know, and uh, if, if you're not going to work, that meant when Jesus uh, went to choose his disciples, did he go to the unemployment line? <laughs> I don't think so. No, he did. Pretty he, sure. He, he went. He went and got working people. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not. I'm not saying if you, you know, if you're not a worker, God can't use you. I, I'm sure He can, but uh, but He He chose His disciples, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, mm-hmm. which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So you may so, not uh, have been a worker, but He will make you a worker. He will, there's yeah. no doubt. Amen. And when the passion, when that, when that passion is lit up in you, that compassion, it'll, it'll cause you to move. I mean, it, it just will. I mean, God's a mover and a shaker, but it's not just running up down the aisle shouting hallelujah. Yep. Uh, he'll, he'll get you up on Monday morning to go help your neighbor or to go do something for somebody that, uh, and, and sometimes it's things that, you might be neglecting around the house, but you go help somebody else get it done at their house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's because the compassion of God is a motivator. It's a mover. And uh, I thank God I've had my wife to ask me, do I need to make an appointment so I can talk to you? <laughs> I have my wife done the same thing, Brother Philip. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's just the way it is. And you certainly don't mean to, sh- no. to shun the the house or anything but uh god's god's good all the time yeah and uh, i tell you what before before we move on can we just do this real fast i really feel impressed by the spirit um could you just pray this morning before we move on i know we're gonna we got 15 minutes left or so but i just want you to pray for that kind of compassion and zeal to serve and help people over the people listening right now father i thank you that you're willing to live in us. Yes, Lord. I thank you that we can feel what you feel of love and compassion for mankind, that we can hurt as you hurt over those that's even made bad decisions, that's even gotten themselves in this pickle because of choices that they made. You denied self and took up a cross to help those. Let us have that same heart in us, O God. Let us be able to deny ourselves and to follow you, the pattern that you've laid down before us in your word. Let us pick up that spirit. Let that same spirit, yes, that raised Jesus from the dead, dwell in us, quicken us, for thy service, O oh God. Not not just so we can preach a good, powerful message. Yes, that's wonderful. Not just so we can sing great and stomp the floor. Yes, that's wonderful. But let us do your works, yes, O oh God. Jesus. Do the works of Jesus. I know, I know there's work that can be done by every person listening to my voice. Mm. Something, something that they can do to assist others. And I thank you, Lord, for putting those witty inventions, those ideas in people's hearts and minds that we can establish the 
true ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ from county to county, from city to city, from church to church, that you would be glorified and hurting men, women, boys, and girls would be helped, fed, strengthened, clothed, loved, O oh God. May that warmth, love of, uh, of your spirit be in our hearts and motivate us to do your will, I pray, O oh God, throughout the country. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So what's the, what have, um, has the Lord been really downloading and, um, you know, getting in you and preaching about and leading with? Well, it's odd enough, y'all are on this subject. Uh, week four last, I taught on are you abiding, uh, staying connected to God. Uh, and last last week, I mentioned them, don't lose hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith gives substance to things hoped for. Uh, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Don't don't lose hope. Uh, hang, hang on. Help is on the way. Uh, don't throw in the towel. Stay with it, you know. So uh, in in Psalms 91, we know what's a scripture about he who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, and there's um, the, the, the Lord's work. Uh, God's not wanting weekend visitation. That's He's right. wanting total custody of his children. Come on. And uh, in order for that to happen, we've got to get connected and stay connected. Now, if I was the devil, and I'm not, but if I was the devil, I'd try to bring about a disconnection, hmm. you know, because when you're not connected and you're not communicating, uh, you don't catch the signals. You'll get into a religious thing, a religion of some kind. You know, our our church, we, we meet every first and third Saturday night of the month, and uh, and between the first and third Saturday night of the month, we kind of do just whatever the world's doing. Well, now you can't walk with Jesus and stay in step with the world. It's just not going to, that, that, that's never worked, and it won't work. It won't mm-hmm. ever work. Uh, he'll love the world, yes, and we'll go into the world, but you'll not be walking in step with the world. Uh, this world is, does not have a hold on the church, and if it does, then we need to shake loose. Right, mm-hmm. we don't we don't need to be walking with the world and playing, uh, you know, playing you know dress up or playing dollies with the world. We we need to stand firm and abide in Jesus and let His word abide in us. And uh, we'll have a message for the world. We'll go love the world. God so loved it, so we'll love it too. It's not that we hate the world, but I do hate the sin and I hate some of the decisions the world is making. Uh, so when we abide in Jesus, we're connected to him, and we're dependent on him. And to some degree, uh, he's dependent on us. Uh, God needs a body. Uh, he needs to uh, embody a people, and that's what the church is, the body of Christ. And when we're not abiding in him, how is he able to do the work? Well, we know he's almighty God. He There's certain things he can do, but there's certain things he's put himself in the position for his church uh, to, he, he's almost limited himself to a body, to a church mm-hmm. people that, uh, and you know, I'm not trying to rewrite the Bible or nothing, but he, that's the truth. Uh, was Jesus limited? Well, yes, 
he was limited to be in one place at one time. He was the body of Christ when he was here. Christ, God embodied Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had limitations. Well, has God got limitations today? Well, is the gospel going forth on every street corner? Well, if it's not, then he's limited because somebody needs to be carrying the gospel to that street corner. So I'm, I know I'm talking about an unlimited God that's got limitations. And so we need to be able to say, here am I, Lord, take the limits off. You know, here am I, send me. What can I do? Where can I go? And if there's a place for every member, every person, every child of God is called into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he abides in us and we abide in him, there's things during your day that the Spirit of God will bring to your attention. There's something to say, something to do, uh, prayer to pray, uh, uh, uh something to write on Facebook. I mean, there's something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let God invade your life 24-7. Let him, let, him, let him be God all the time. Don't put him on a weekend. Don't put him on a church meeting thing, a three-hour Sunday. No. Take the limits off and let him be the unlimited God that he wants to be because <laughs> we've taken the limits off. That's right. And, and uh, going forth into this world and doing the works of Jesus Christ. And uh, I, I love good church services. I love good, powerful meetings, no doubt about that. But, man, if that's all God's doing, there's a lot of time wasted out there. Mm-hmm. I'm telling You're you, right. he's, he's doing way, way, way more than that. And, you know, it's when you, when you reach out and you allow him to stretch you, when he stretches you in that way, that's when you, that's when the abundant life takes hold. Uh, you 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 have uh, unlimited resources. You have unlimited power. Uh, it just changes. Everything changes when you take on that mindset that I am a part of the body of Christ. The spirit of the living God has invaded into my spirit, and He is moving through me he is he is the one that motivates me my life is not my own i've lost my life and he is in control i'm telling you uh wow (laughs) you know what a what an awesome thought and and an awesome truth Mm -hmm. because uh, i mean he's purchased us i don't you know don't you can preach those messages and make people feel like that you know they're slaves they've been a slave no it's not where else could you find somebody that the king gives his life for the subject? Yeah, so that slave, I mean, that, you know, the, the world, I mean that, the world wants to enslave you to, by keeping yeah. you from the freedom that comes yeah. from the Lord. Well, Here. we've been enslaved by a government that's lost control yep. and out of whack, spending like crazy, and so we have to spend over half of our time today is spent to pay taxes, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's the kind of, God's altogether different from that. <laughs> yep. 
Amen. <laughs> you, you can honor him, and you can do everything he tells you to do, and you'll wind up with more at the end of the year than you did when you started. <laughs> Amen, it just keeps brother. coming in on every wave. You, you can't outgive him. Yep. I mean, you, it's just incredible how you, he does all that. You pour and, out, and he keeps pouring it in. It just keeps coming. I'm telling you, it's like that vessel. You just keep pouring. As long as there's a vessel there, the oil can, will keep coming. Yep. Keep you know, yep. And uh, praise God that it will. And that's just... Really, just simply abiding in Him, committing Amen. yourself to Him, and letting that that abiding brings cleansing. It brings obedience. It brings joy. I mean, my goodness, I've got the life of God in mm-hmm. me. I got the power of God in me. Amen. And I can go forth. And uh, I mean, I get tired. My body gets tired, and I can't do what I used to do. And Sometimes my tiredness shows up on my face, and people say, mm-hmm. "Are you okay, brother?" Trent? And I just hate that when it's like that. You know, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want that to be reflected through my countenance. But you know, it's a little tougher today with the body, the aches and the pains. But uh, even in the midst of that, the love of God and the the, the life of God in me gets me up. And I, I get on that truck, and I head out and get that food, and I come back, and it's just the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And uh, I'm grateful. Just I've been very, very, very blessed, you all, uh, to know the Lord Jesus most of my life and for uh, what he said to me to be so easy to receive. Uh, I've never had a tr- problem knowing what the will of God is. Uh, it's, if I've had any problem, it's knowing when to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. And, uh, so, you know, we're 73, my wife and I are 73, and we can't, as they say, cut the mustard like we used to. It takes us a little longer. <laughs> but we're, we're, still, uh, we're still involved and still loving and still sharing, and uh, we, we, love, we love it and love the ministry and every facet of it and uh, thank you for allowing me to come on and uh, rattle around a little bit today uh, I love the people of Box 2 Radio and pray your blessings upon each one of them and just just put yourself in the hands of God just avail yourself to him see what he does with you today Amen well, uh, before, before we get off here you, you, play golf, you play golf right? well I try to yes. well I I, I drive around the golf course, you know, with the, mm-hmm. with some clubs. But I yeah. I, I can't really say I'm a player, but it's fun. I have a good time. Hopefully, yeah. maybe one of these days the Lord will make it make an appointment where me and you can uh, play together. I'd like That'd to do that awesome. one time. I, I love to so, play. Uh, yeah. I, I really do. But you'll have to show me some grace and mercy because I am terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard those sandbaggers before. <laughs> 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 oh well, yeah. Hey, you'll know you about that, the, Aaron. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, you'll know yeah. about the fruit they bear. Whenever I, I get out there, you'll know I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, oh. just enjoy yourself. That's the main thing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brother Phil Trent. Yes, it's always God a joy. Bless. Always a joy. I, thank you. I appreciate you. hearing you on the radio too, Brother. Oh yes. Trent. I, I have never met you, but I enjoy to hear what you have to uh, what the Lord uh, does for you. So. Well, God you, bless. Y'all have a wonderful day. You, you too. too. All right, uh, Brother Greg, thanks again for coming on this wonderful Thursday. Don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. Come out and be a part of it. 
Um, we'll be back at the lake. If you don't have a truck or don't want to take your vehicle back there, um, we'll come up and get you. We'll be I'll be sending somebody or myself back and forth ever so often for the first little bit um, to see. But bring your fishing pole, bring the lawn chair, um, bring something to to hang out with. Whatever you want to do. If you like, if you got a game you like to take out in the camping trip or something like that, and you want to bring it out tonight, just bring it on out. Just a free night. Todd Ming is going to give a, uh, a little bit of a testimony around the um, the lake. But besides that, it's just a night to fellowship. Bring your sons. We love you guys. We'll see you then. Um, God's good. Amen. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.